You're listening to Masters of Digital, the podcast that helps business owners, entrepreneurs, and working professionals master the disruption of digital. I'm your host, Ryan Lim, founder of QED Consulting, a digital consultancy firm best known for building effective strategies and digital teams. In this podcast, we'll be analyzing the latest issues, interviewing industry experts, and discussing everything that helps you thrive and master the digital future. Our guest in this episode is an expert in digital storytelling and integrated marketing. She is one of the world's most influential CMO and top 50 women leaders in Asia. Not only is she the Group Chief Marketing Officer of Southeast Asia's largest automotive marketplace, Caro, she is also the newly minted CEO of Joalo.com, Indonesia's leading C2C marketplaces. This veteran marketer with responsibilities over Singapore, Indonesia, Thailand and Malaysia has over 13 years of corporate experience in the insurance industry. At her last stint just before Caro, she was with Tokyo Marine Asia where she launched Singapore's first AI chatbot for an insurer and also the first usage-based insurance. She's a very sought-after lecturer in tertiary institutions and often conducts masterclasses and mentors with us at QED. This corporate high flyer is none other than Manisha Sewell. Now, just in case you're dying to find out more about her next masterclass or the ability to mentor you, for example, just check out qed.sg slash masterclass. That's qed.sg slash masterclass. Welcome, Manisha. Awesome to have you with us today. Hey, Ryan. Lovely to speak to you again. Hi. I've been looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same here, buddy. How are you doing? Oh, fantastic. Uh, so much better uh, now that I get to hold myself in this room uh, for weeks and weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It'll pass. It'll pass, yeah? Yeah. Well, actually, I, I think now that I have more time to think about things, one of the interesting things that pop up in my mind to really kick off our conversation today is that, can you remember, how do we meet professionally? <laughs> You're a one cheeky fella, aren't you? <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> How we met is uh, actually very interesting. I was attending this conference uh, okay, by one of the uh, advertising, I would say, associations of Singapore, right? I was one of the attendees amongst more than 100 people there. And the conference was very insightful. It talked about you know, how uh, the advertising standards have to be followed, things like uh, an ad should not be deceiving. It should not aim to you know, entice certain emotions in people. It should be realistic and practical and simple. So that was all the theory part. When the panel discussion started, you started sharing more on the practical side of things. And I felt, hey, you know, this guy seems to know what's happening because in my heart, I wasn't really agreeing with the theory part because I see a lot of sort of rules being flouted here and there. So I was probably about the first, I'm quite sure I was the first in the audience to ask a question. I asked a question about, I wouldn't say the company, but about a company that had actually broken a lot of the rules that were mentioned as a part of the theory. I was able to put the theory and the practical together, right? And I said, hey, this this doesn't make sense, man. And uh, I could tell that you are somebody who has his eyes and nose on the ground. You probably will understand my question. So I asked you, you know, uh, on one hand, we are saying all these theory things, which yeah, sound fantastic on paper. But if you look at in practical, I'm sorry, but brands and big brands are not following the rules. Things are just not making sense. So you as being the part of the authority, what are you doing about it? And I could tell everybody was like, oh my God, who the hell is this? To my surprise, it sort of instigated somebody else in the audience and he started 
you know, sharing the same sentiment. Like, yeah, why am I still seeing that ad when it has had this kind of a backlash? And there was suddenly this panic and we were asked to sort of, okay, hold off, hold off guys, you know. Uh, and then somebody gave one, you know, grandmotherhood statement, which again, I didn't buy. So anyway, I, I thought, you know what, it is what it is, but at least I made it clear. It was not just tell anything. It was really to say, theory sounds great on paper, but when it's applied, people are not following the rules. So when we say that uh, certain uh, actions are going to be taken against brands that flout the rules, we then we better be clear that we're doing it. And uh, and yeah, and then I, I left the conference soon, quite quickly, I had another meeting. But to my surprise, out of like 100 over people, I didn't know you, you didn't know me. And till date, I've not asked you this question. How did you contact Trace Me? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have an answer for that? <laughs> That's the trade secret. <laughs> oh, trade secret. How would you know? Because I've never attended that conference before. And in fact, uh, someone from my team registered me for that conference. And I was sitting amongst like a, so, such a huge audience of people. How do you contact Trace Me? I think you are very sharp at doing that. And you could send me a LinkedIn message after that saying, Hey, I, you know, I, I like your question and you know, uh, there is an answer to it and the answer that he told me was because nobody made a formal complaint that's that's why no action was taken and then i was thinking yeah we have to wait for a formal complaint that is one of those uh, interesting sessions right i don't think that difficult questions should be avoided it should be aired i think that's what professionalism is and in, in mastery sometimes comes across when you ask difficult questions not the simple ones which has tried and tested answers you are supposed to be pushing boundaries and I think that's where, you know, I find that, wow, it's such a, what I call cerebral candy. You know, you really get your mind thinking and excited about something that, hmm, I didn't think of that. If that kind of conversations and how questions that made it so interesting for us. And I, so that's why I say, well, I've got to reach out to you, Manisha. So tell us, I mean, you've asked very sharp questions, which is a very good thing. I think that's part of the skill of mastery, right? Tell us, how did you get started in your professional career into digital storytelling and integrated marketing? Mm, okay, so I've been in the industry for quite a while now. In fact, when I first started off, uh, digital was just coming into play. At that time, I was in the agency. So I was with Zenith Media as a media planner. I was looking after a Nokia regional account and also uh, Heineken and Tiger Beer account locally. As a media planner and a research analyst, right, every day I was looking at numbers and trying to find what is the best way to reach out to the customer segments. So let's speak about Nokia first, right? I mean, yes, Nokia was the giant back then. This is the year 2005 that we're talking about. And we realized that in the, in the data, what we're showing is the younger audiences, the younger customers were favoring Samsung over Nokia. Client side wasn't able to figure out why, because this was very heavy, especially in Southeast Asia. And then when, when we deep dive further, we realized it was because of the camera function. And because, you know, back in the days, we used to have a, a clamp phone, it would fold. So younger audience seemed to like that. And I think that was pretty much my first exposure in, oh, the customer insights, if we can get it in real time. If we have our eyes and nose on the ground, we keep track of the pulse of the, of the market. Things can change very, very quickly. So we said, okay, well, there's this you know, new thing going around. We can actually buy digital banners in publications in media house publications and that was the first time that we tried playing with different creatives now you must understand in 2005 the only thing that agencies were used to was creating big creatives and then uh, just rolling it out in traditional media and then hoping for the best right but, but it didn't make sense you see and then for the first time i got hands-on experience to say hey we can actually create 
different creatives and we can target different customer segments based on what attracts them as in how we segment them because you must understand uh, I was also a research analyst so I was looking at data and I, and I combined customers into different data customer segments where certain customers were favoring the camera of the phone right the Samsung phone certain customers were favoring Samsung or the competitor brand because of the shape of the phone that they had to open it I think that action was considered cool right that's another reason why uh, then the whole uh, street culture was sort of coming up where uh, the, the youth would hang out you know the cafe culture was just beginning to sort of take emergence and social media was very very nascent at that moment but you could see that things were changing right and what I enjoyed was a few things one we could play around with different creatives at the same time then two the feedback which means who is responding to the creative came in real time because you can measure click-through rates right Third, the return on investment was also real time because the moment we were spending money, of course, digital was a very, very small fragment of traditional. And you know, these are big brands. They have massive budgets. We just tried uh, digital as just an experiment, but the result was fantastic. We could see uh, website traffic going up. We could see inquiries coming in. It was almost like you were manning a digital shop that spans across Southeast Asia. And that was a first hands-on experience. So that got me super excited. And that was the beginning pretty much for my career. But since then, of course, you know, during my career, I moved from agency over to the client side. I think uh, be Great Eastern, Aviva, HSBC, Tokyo Marine, and, and now with Caro. I think what has kept me very much grounded is keeping pulse on the market, trying things in real time. And that is really what gets me super excited when it comes to uh, digital. So. What you're saying is that if you really want to get started, sometimes it's also to keep your eyes open while you're doing your daily job and then to see what could be and keep asking that question. I mean, a healthy level of curiosity rather than just focusing on purely delivering and doing just the mundane, yeah? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Because imagine if you just kept to the mundane, right? Then, uh, then there'll be no digital growth. Everything has to go business as usual while we start to experiment. And what I've seen in my career, Ryan, is when I started off, most of the budget, I would say 90% used to be traditional, maybe 10% digital. Over time, you've seen it sort of pivot almost the other way around. And I think we that has been achieved by learning progressively, staying on the ground, maintaining my BAU while adapting and picking up new skills. And, and BAU is business as usual, right? Yes, business as usual. So while business as usual is what's, what's paying the bills, there should be nothing stopping us from trying out new things and experimenting. Yeah, And digital is a great way to experiment. With your hindsight, just wanted to pick on that part that digital is actually a very small component back then. Um, then how did that dovetail into the storytelling bit and uh, when did it start using storytelling and integrated marketing? I mean, you've got to integrate it sometime at some point. So regardless of whether the channel is traditional or digital, right, the communication has to stay high level. The communication has to be in sync. It has to be consistent across. Digital does not mean, uh, oh, I take the same creative as tradition and I just slap it across. No, it doesn't work that way. But what is the underlying theme that's carried from traditional to digital, but it can have different variations. And that is really the beauty, if you ask me, of integrated marketing. I mean, it's, it's one of the courses or uh, the training sessions that I take at QED. And I, I find it very fulfilling because apart from, you know, winning uh, integrated marketing awards, which I've had in the past, it is fulfilling because when we do integrated marketing, right, right, with the same amount of money, we can do 
so much more okay i'll give you an example of something we did at uh, at caro so when i joined we were 100% digital 100% digital and then we introduced a bit of traditional actually in the mix right so we actually went the other way around and traditional is not like a lot of tradition we just introduced radio because we know that people who drive listen to radio in the car and we say okay why don't we why don't we introduce one element and let's see how the queries go up and how the the business sort of picks up and do you know that from the time we introduced radio for the first time for the brand the customer listened to the ad on the radio in the morning and by afternoon before lunch he came and he sold his car to us it was that powerful and that is just a small example of what your integrated can do so apart from seeing this immediate success factor we saw a 400% increase in traffic we saw a 200% increase in inquiries and overall the business doubled and that was done because while radio was doing its thing right but when people go online and search what are they going to search when people go on they see a facebook ad what are they going to see and that brings us back to your previous point how do you make sure that traditional to online right is in sync whatever was said on one media actually complemented the other media and the whole customer journey was so well thought through that our cost per lead came down by 60%. It's very interesting that you you have a very different journey from what the conventional folks are doing. I mean, most people go from traditional to digital, yours was digital then expand to the traditional channels like radio. Yeah, because yeah, because for startups typically we we would start off with 100% digital first. We want to manage our costs. But we knew that as a business we were ready to grow uh, to the next level and we say okay, I think it's time to raise the bar and increase the awareness. Yeah, no, there's so much to do. I mean, what's the appeal and value to the career for you? Well, the appeal and value is number one, I stay relevant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I stay relevant. Relevant and in demand. Absolutely, right? Stay relevant. For marketer, I think the worst thing is to be out of touch because uh, what is needed really for every marketer out there, whoever is listening to this right now, right? Please guys, keep yourself up to date even if it is taking little steps every day little by little right is better rather than waiting to be found found out one day that oh your job can be done by somebody else and you're not relevant anymore because you didn't bother you know upskilling yourself the easiest is consistently learn while maintaining your BAU and then experiment by bringing a bit of digital into your BAU and then seeing some small successes there So the the build up which is incremental is actually better than trying to do a one time sit down and try to clear everything all at once. Yes, yes. So it should be the learning has to be consistent. It has to be just part of, you know, maybe your annual plan or your semi annual plan. Is, I'm going to do this. I'm going to learn this and then uh, eventually I am going to put this in practice and you know then measure the results. That's the only way. Honestly, there are no shortcuts to learning and staying relevant. Yeah. Can I ask you a little bit about how digital has also changed storytelling? Sure. So, the beauty of digital is storytelling can be customized. So that's one which means messages that resonate with me is what I see and messages that resonate with Ryan is what you see. Okay, I'll give you an example of cars. I love cars. So, I love hatchbacks, maybe you like SUVs, right? Based on digital, I can I can figure that out. based on your previous browsing behavior and because i know that i can not only make my product more relevant to the customer segments but i can also measure the return on investment right which means whatever money they are spending is ryan more likely to convert or is manisha more likely to convert in terms of wherever we are at in our customer journey 
It's about relevancy. It's about real time, and it's about return on investment. Could you potentially maybe even tell like mass personalized stories, those that you know appeal to me with a very common components or parts to the story, so that everyone has their own personalized story, but still, if you put them all together, it's still the same story. Yes, that's right. So that's what I'm saying. If it's uh, that's not giving the example of cars, right? It's whatever appeals to you. Even not not even just the make and model of a product, but also imagery. So maybe someone like you likes to see maybe uh, you know a young family. That is uh, going on a vacation, or going on a holiday, or enjoying, you know, yourself with your family. Whereas someone like me, maybe I want to see a, a faster hatchback that gives me a good torque, because that's what gets me excited. So, so you see, that that's the beauty of digital. You can not only customize the message to make it relevant to the audience, but I can also measure it in real time, whether it's working or not, and I can fix it. I don't have to make expensive mistakes. Like if one ad in a newspaper is thirty over thousand dollars. If it's wrong, it's wrong. I can't take it back, but here I can take it back. Yeah, and I can even do A/B testing. Well, Manisha, you mentioned earlier uh, a little bit about your journey towards developing the skill set of being able to be good digital storytellers and integrated marketers. Maybe I can ask uh, you to maybe expand a little bit and share a little bit more about what it takes to be a true master at digital storytelling and integrated marketing. So first thing first, keep pulse of the market trends because things change really, really fast. Next is customer insights. Make sure that we are top of your game for your customer insights and behavior. Next is communication. I give you an example of you remember I had launched the Netflix for cars. Yeah, the Netflix for cars. So I give you a story about what it was. In fact, do you know internally when I when I pitched Netflix for cars, some people actually disagreed with me. Disagreed with me. They say, "Oh, I'm not too sure if that makes sense. Oh, would people be confused?" And I say, "You know what? I think it makes perfect sense because if I'm the customer, then I will have no no problem understanding it. It's just a matter of breaking it down." So, customer insight, behavior, communication, and then lastly is the channels that I use to communicate. So, if I go back to the example of the Netflix for cars, right? The reason why. That those three words were chosen was because that was an elevator pitch, and every brand or every campaign, especially if you're introducing something brand new to the market, needs an elevator pitch, and it has to be relevant. So that campaign is a is a perfect example of coming up with something absolutely new, innovative, and without confusing the customer, because you know you draw association with something that customers already understand. And already a part of, yeah. So when we create that hook and introduce something new, the resistance to acceptance actually drops because people think, "Hey, I'm familiar with this." Yeah. Right. So it forms somewhat like a, a bridge of some sort. Yes, a bridge of some sort. I mean, and there's a there's a certain sense of familiarity, but there's also ambiguity. And this is something that I think I hope more marketers who are innovating or trying out communicating brand new things can do. Because it's human nature. We we hear something for the first time. The first reaction is, "Nah, I don't think it's gonna work." But if we can relate it with something that has worked in the past, maybe I'm a bit more accepting of that. And this is to do with human psychology. So even though internally I was told, "Manisha, man, not too sure," by one or two people, not too sure is gonna confuse. What I remembered was when Spider-Man as a character was created. I think uh, our Mr. Stanley was also told, "Nah, it's not gonna work." Man in tights, but over the face. Oh yeah. Exactly, man in tights, spider. You know, as a teenager, nah, the character, no one's gonna like that character. But he he managed to get one spot, right? And he just published it, and that became the most famous, of, most favorite hero of all time. So, so sometimes trust your gut feel as well. 
Besides a gut feel, do you have a roadmap for us, for the listeners who want to get some mastery in this? Should they say join a company, work first, get some certification, or maybe you know follow a mentor like you, or maybe even say go on some classes or just learn by themselves, self-learning. Which is, do you have a roadmap for that kind of mastery that you're having today? Roadmap for mastery is, of course, we all need to pay bills. So, of course, BAU still has to exist. But we all need to have the discipline to upskill ourselves regularly. And the onus really lies on us to take the action rather than, you know, wait to be waited and be told. I mean, if we're waiting to be told, we might miss another six months, one year, two years. And then by that time, the, the learning has to be even steeper. So I, I would rather, if somebody really wants to stay relevant, make sure that we upgrade ourselves and upskill ourselves regularly. Even things like, you know, we have our, our sales future proof programs. There's so many of them. We should make good of it. In fact, do you know, even I'm utilizing my skills future right now and I'm taking classes. And my class just went online like last week. I'm, I'm, learn, I'm learning Bahasa Indonesia through a skills future approved program. So, you know, the, the facility is there, the, the courses are there. I mean, QED is, has great curriculum as well. More and more people should really take the onus, put it on themselves to upskill themselves and then have a career journey for themselves rather than being, you know, stuck doing the same things. They're gonna, not gonna be relevant. Please learn and bring new thinking into your workspace or into your job scope. Yeah. So it is that constant learning that will actually form some form of mastery. Yes, it has to have a discipline of learning, upskilling regularly. There's really no shortcuts to this. And all it takes is just a little bit each day, right? It doesn't need to be like always a sit down that goes hours and hours like mugging for an exam like we used to do. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> In fact, mugging doesn't work. What, what I like about the courses, right, or the ones that I, uh, I take at QED is they're very, very practical. So there is theory, of course, because theory gives us structure. Don't get me wrong. I like theory, especially when you work in a startup. There's so much chaos. If we can't put some framework around it, even I would be lost. So theory is important. But what I like about those training modules is that there are practical examples from big brands, say like Amex and Citibank that I've seen, to even smaller brands in, in different countries, uh, even more brands that are very relevant or very current, like Lululemon. They're great examples. And I have seen that participants, the students, find it very, very relatable. Both the nice mix of theory with practical example, theory, practical, theory, practical. So that complements actually the storytelling, the whole digital storytelling within uh, the training itself. Uh, so why is digital storytelling and integrated marketing important businesses from your vantage point as a senior executive member and executive team of Caro and Joalo. Digital marketing, storytelling, and also integrated marketing is absolutely critical because for digital marketing, we can do quick experimenting. We can try out and learn and make quick mistakes and learn new things about our customers that we did not know in the past. A lot of times, certain assumptions that are made about our customer behavior. All those myths can be broken just by looking into analytics. And it doesn't have to be complicated, just simple analytics like Google Analytics can tell you about browsing behavior of the customers, which pages are they browsing, how much time are they spending, what, you know, what is the bounce off rate like. Even And when we do overlay it with the integrated marketing, 
like my example previous, right? When we introduced radio to an existing 100% digital strategy, we saw a massive uptake in inquiries in business uh, uh, and also in, in search volume for the brand. So can't just be digital alone. I think digital is a great start because it is relatively inexpensive and it can give us very good customer insights. But eventually as any brand sort of gets on the journey, it is highly advisable to put in a bit of integrated flavor to get more bang for your buck. So it it's literally puts the business and the returns on steroids. Yes, that's right. I mean, that's why I shared I shared my numbers with you, right? The uptick that we talk, that we that we saw was really really phenomenal. So now that you think that this is this particular area is actually important to businesses, so what are the career opportunities of being an expert at digital storytelling and integrated marketing? Then, well, there are few few roads one can take, right? So, can either take a specialist route, which means you maybe take up a fully digital route where maybe you know you might want to specialize in certain areas. It could be performance marketing, right? That's one. It could be search engine optimization. That could be another digital analytics. That's another one. Depending on your interest, anybody can take a certain route, or alternatively, someone can be a bit more of a generalist, if I can say, around digital marketing, which means you know a little bit of almost everything, and then you manage a team, bring out the best digital marketing results for the team, and that also includes looking after the communication, which means the content, and also the channels. Be it social media channels or your own channels like your own website, and even uh, public relations and uh, external communication. So it really ma- it really depends which side somebody wants to take based on their interest, specialist or a generalist. Although both tracks are distinctively different, there is value in it, right? They are still valued by businesses as well as the landscape. Oh yes, oh yes, definitely. I mean, digital marketers are highly in demand. In fact. What I recommend is, if you are young in your career, somebody is young in your career, figure out what interests you, which part of digital marketing interests interests you. So start with something a bit more generalist approach. So generalist view, a simple one, a beginner's course, and then based on that, you see where does your interest lie. Then go and deep dive into that, okay, as a partial specialist. And then once you deep dive into that, while doing it, slowly upskill yourself to be a generalist again, but of a slightly more senior level. And that's how somebody can move up the ranks eventually in their career. Yeah, that that's very important. I mean, we don't just want to isolate ourselves and be specialists in a particular field, but not knowing how you contribute to the larger ecosystem within an organization, right? Absolutely, and I think another key thing I would share is if there are any special projects in the company that are digital in nature, right? I highly encourage people to put up their hand and say they're going to do it. So the example of the chatbot that was launched when I was in Tokyo Marine, first chatbot launch from a life insurer, was it was a big, big deal for us. A lot of hard work done by the team, but I must share with you, Ryan. It was a project that no one was really very keen on taking. Not because they thought there's going to be a failure. No, don't get that wrong. But because this is extra work on top of the BAU, right? Because BAU still exists. BAU is already so demanding. So that's one. Plus, it was acquiring new skills very, very quickly. Because from the time that we started talking about the chatbot till the time we launched, we took three months, which is very quick for a large organization. I would maybe not as quick say for a startup, but it's still I would say three months was not too not too bad. So first is uh, raising your hand and saying, okay, I'm gonna take this on on top of my BAU. Next is upskill really really quickly and learn. And third is 
know that yeah it's going to be risky but don't take that even if it fails or whatever don't take it personally because at the end of the day at least this is what I told myself i'm better off learning something new and failing from it because at least i would have learned something new and i'll try something different rather than not trying at all so have the courage have a bit of a risk taking attitude and yeah raise your hand and and try it out if you don't experiment then there's no reason to move forward my goodness such, such words of wisdom <laughs> and i think a lot of listeners can actually benefit from it maybe can i also ask you now something off the beaten track right is there some sort of thing or lesser known facts or tips or secrets to digital storytelling and integrated marketing that listeners out there may not normally know about maybe you can share some of this yeah sure so one of the things that i keep hearing right is oh uh, you know in order to uh, to make something a success or oh, you need to have big budgets small companies you know with small budgets or oh, you can't really do it i don't believe it i don't buy it Uh, so one of the lesser known facts is if as a marketer right we know that the product that we are making is there is customer demand then even if there is no marketing dollars we can deliver something cool that people would want to talk about we must understand today's era right is not about how much ads i can produce how much money i can spend and slap it across the island and slap it across the country it is about what is the talkability factor what is the talkability index of the campaign that makes it interesting for people to talk about or to find out about so i'll give you the example of the campaign that we launched netflix for cars so a lesser known fact about that is that whole project was launched in 5 days from yeah in 5 days from the time we mentioned oh let's launch a subscription product till the time we launched it, it was launched in 5 days second the whole website copy that was uh, pretty much put in place one day before launch the night before the launch my boss he actually told me yeah manisha you know he looked at the copy he said it's fine but i feel the positioning can be uh, a bit sharper you know but we need to bring out the flexibility a bit more but, but then he said but you know what manisha it's it's late at night don't worry, don't worry about it anyway this is an experiment let's just roll with it and then the next day i i couldn't accept that and i wrote the entire web copy myself and i positioned it differently which was all about flexibility and netflix forecast so it's about getting the positioning right and not letting it slack next is so this is again lesser known fact right third is when we launched it within what the first one week or say the first one month we had almost I can't even remember like maybe a thousand inquiries or a thousand people on waitlist already. And do you know and right now as of last week we are nominated in fact we made it as a finalist for three PR Asia awards the campaign Netflix for Cars yeah. And for a startup like us this is a big deal because we are competing with big regional brands across Asia, Australia and New Zealand. And do you know that how much we spent on marketing and advertising it? Zero. zero we spend nothing on advertising it nothing because the talkability index was so high because the elevator pitch was so appealing and it was a new product that was made relevant uh, given the customer pain points in singapore right cars are expensive down payment is too much people buy a car you're stuck with it financial burden is there that lasts for years it was the perfect product it's just that i think the nobody sort of thought of positioning it this way and giving the power back to the customer so that is a lesser known fact about this campaign that yeah if we might have uh, made it as a finalist for for a big asia regional pr award but we spent 0 dollars on it on advertising so 
myth busted. Yeah. So please, anybody wants to tell me about big marketing budgets, I'm sorry, I'm not impressed. <laughs> so now I know, right? The the creativity is not dependent on the size of the budget. <laughs> it is inverse because it's not that we couldn't spend, we didn't want to spend money. Don't get me wrong, but I told myself, look, if this can roll by itself organically, right? then I'll rather not do it. I'd rather not spend. When the inquiries that are coming in, even till today, the demand is higher than supply without having to spend. So why why spend? It just doesn't make sense. A lot of time the marketers, right, because they are so scared that it might fail, there might not be inquiries, we tend to pre-commit to spending. Whereas if you know that you are on something good, try to roll with it organically and try to create buzz around it and tell a story consistently, be it on your digital platforms, uh, which is your website, your Facebook, or be it you, you know, as a marketer, use your LinkedIn, go and please go and share with people what it's about, whatever it takes really, because the talkability index will be there because the customer needs that product. So for anyone out there right now listening in, and Oh, was very keen. I mean, I all get all excited because of all the sharing that you've given us. Is there a advice that you want to give them on how to get started into digital storytelling and uh, interactive marketing as a career, perhaps? Yeah. So start by first of all accepting that everybody needs to do their part to stay relevant. The, oh, this is something that I was told early in my career. The onus on upskilling ourselves is actually on us, rather than you know waiting for the company to tell us, "Hey, I need you to go." Do your own research, find out uh, which are the better courses out there, which will upskill you both from theory as well as practical side of things. So first of all, accept that the gap has to be filled and the onus is on yourself. Second, look for credible places or organizations that are offering the courses. I mean, I've been doing this with QED, both uh, training as well as mentoring for a while now. And I, I can really say the course, the module is on point, it's on track. That's why when I'm when I'm sharing during the sharing session, during the training session, I can even throw in real life examples from my existing role because it still makes sense. So look for courses that that are really gonna upskill you rather than just give you a piece of paper say, okay, you're certified. Because even if you're certified and we can't produce results, it's back to square one, right? Eventually, it will be found out that you don't know what you do know. And last is uh, experiment. Apart from your BA, you make some time to experiment, to try out whatever you've learned uh, in a course. And only with hands-on experience is the way to know. Thank you so much, Manisha, for your valuable time and candid sharing. I'm sure many of us have benefited from your generous and candid sharing. And if our listeners out there actually put your advice to use, it will definitely add a lot of professional values into their careers. And especially if they want to journey into the areas of digital storytelling and interactive marketing. Now, again, if you are keen to find out more about Manisha's next training session with QED or just reach out to her to mentor you, just check out qed.sg masterclass for details. That's qed.sg slash masterclass for details. Now, thank you for tuning in to our Masters of Digital podcast. Do remember to subscribe to our channel and be updated on our latest episode.